It's been 15 years since the Tennessee Foxtrot Carousel was taken down from the Nashville riverfront, and its wild figurines, which depict famous Tennesseans, were put into storage. Yet the legend of the carousel lives on. I'm Tony Gonzalez, and this is Curious Nashville, where WPLN reporters answer your questions about Middle Tennessee. In this case, you wanted to know why the carousel went away, where its pieces ended up, and if it would ever spin again. Now, this was no ordinary attraction. It wasn't just some horses spinning around. It was a kinetic sculpture about Tennessee history. Steam engines, riverboats, giant banjos, mountain scenery, and all of that blended with over-the-top caricatures of legendary musicians, politicians, titans of industry. This carousel also has serious heft in the art world. That's because it was designed by Nashville-born pop artist Red Grooms. So, WPLN reporter Chaz Sisk has kept tabs on this for about three years now. Back when a listener first asked about this a few years ago, Chaz managed to actually go see the pieces, stored in a secret government facility. As we stand together in a warehouse, the Tennessee State Museum's Bob White hits me with a quiz. You recognize any of the... uh... Other well, characters? Well, I see. So I guess it says this must be. Um, oh shoot, Grantland, uh, Grantland Rice. That's correct. Grantland Rice, the famed Nashville sports writer and a journalistic hero of mine, he's wearing a fedora and pounding away at a typewriter, with a body that's part baseball player and part horse. Riders of the carousel would have sat in the saddle. His face is grotesque in the artistic sense of the word, even cartoonish. There's enough symbolism among the 36 figures stored here that you could spend a day puzzling and still not work out every meaning. That's Wilma Rudolph, her torso fused with a tiger, a reminder of her time on the Tennessee State track team. Captain Tom Ryman merges with a steamboat. H.G. Hill and a shopping cart. Let's see, what's the uh, the turbaned guy over here? What's Sequoia. Oh, that's Sequoia, of course. Mm-hmm. Ah, of course. The inventor of the Cherokee alphabet. He's holding a pipe and giving me a mischievous sidelong glance. When the carousel opened in 1998, as many as 10,000 people a month were paying $1.50 each to give it a ride. But over the next five years, that number tapered to about 2,000. Blame was placed on Opryland's decision to discontinue water taxi service to downtown. Since 2004, the carousel has been sitting in pieces in a state warehouse. Two separate agencies asked me not to say where, such as their fear it could be targeted by thieves. Museum officials refused to say how much the carousel is worth, but it's likely in the millions. Grooms, who now lives in New York, is regarded as one of the greatest artists to ever come out of Tennessee. Here's how Elizabeth Hodomarski, a curator at the Yale University Art Gallery, described his work to Connecticut Public Television. You know, there's so much of contemporary art that's very cold and metallic, and red is really all about humanity and warmth. The State Museum occasionally brings out pieces of the carousel for exhibitions, but the agreement all along was that it would be reconstructed when the museum moved into its new home on Bicentennial Mall. Chaz Sisk reporting in 2016. At the time, the Tennessee State Museum was still in the works. It has since opened to great fanfare. But the carousel, it's not there. So people are still wondering about its fate. So after a short break, Chaz will tell us what the future may hold for the carousel, You're listening to Curious Nashville. As the past few years have gone by, there's really been no slowing of people's curiosity about this carousel. 
Whatever happened to it? Is it ever coming back? What's the deal with the state museum? So we put Chaz back on the case recently, and he's here to give some insights, although it's not like he ever set this story completely to the side. Really, you've been kind of the Red Groom's beat reporter in Nashville for a few years, Uh, but I know that you go a little further back. Recount for me the first time you ever encountered his artwork. Yeah, um, I would say it was probably in the 1990s. uh, There was this big exhibition at Grand Central Station in New York where they had these life-size dioramas that he had made. And, you know, Red Grimm's maybe isn't a household name like Andy Warhol or Jasper Johns, but, I mean, he's a a pretty prominent artist up in New York. And then flash forward because there was this uh, more recent famous sculpture at a baseball park. Yeah, right. The one at uh, Marlins Park in in Miami where baseball fans will definitely know this one. It was up until just this last offseason where it was this home run sculpture out in the outfield with smiling dolphins and all this stuff that uh, would go off when there was a home run. I actually remember the sculpture was... I don't know if I would say controversial. It made waves because it was kind of so ridiculous, right? It's like rainbow colors and dolphins and spinning spinning designs and everything. Right, which is kind of the way Red Grimm's works. These big cartoonish uh, figures. And yeah, carousels just kind of like the the way to to top all that off, right? He's not certainly not afraid of uh, color and just like getting in your face. Yeah, it's funny. Like he talks about that. Like he says, like, the reason I love colors because I'm from the South. So that's like his whole thing. Okay, so you've had these run-ins with Red Grimsar, but I guess you didn't even totally understand or didn't connect all the dots on his Tennessee origins until the carousel. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I had heard this name, Red Grooms, and I'd been seeing his art, and I hadn't really put the two together until 2016 when we got this question and really started looking into him. Grooms was raised in the Green Hills area. He went to Hillsborough High School. He was an athlete and an artist who began sketching at an early age. What about this name, Red Grooms? That certainly sticks with you. Yeah, yeah, it's not his Christian name. In case you were, in case you were wondering, <laughs> no, he's not. He was not born red. It's like a name that apparently he got in the military in, in some kitchen or something like that. So when you uh, were first doing this reporting, I guess when you left off, it didn't sound that hopeful. I mean, and three years later, we have not seen the carousel. It's not out there yet. So talk about what what was the situation at that time? Yeah. So in 2016, the State Museum was very much focused on on moving into this new building on Jefferson Street in Rosa Parks on the Bicentennial Mall. And that was really taking up all their energy. And so the state really didn't have a plan to get the carousel running again. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There's First of all, it's art. So it's very valuable. It's got to be secured somehow. Uh, It's a machine. So it has to be maintained and, and all of that. And then finally, it's really, really big. So it needs to be protected from the elements, but it can't be, it really doesn't work well inside a building. So that's really what they were trying to wrestle with. And officials said then it probably cost into the millions to build a structure for it and get it running again. Just restoring the mechanism alone was going to cost more than $300,000. This just kind of sat in storage until then. Despite kind of the the limbo that it's been in, Mm -hmm. there are champions of the carousel. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, are they pushing, making any headway toward keeping the the legacy alive for this thing? Right. One of the people I talked to back in in 2016 was a lawyer here in Nashville named Bob Took, and he was part of the organization that ran the carousel when it was back on the waterfront. He absolutely loves this thing. He keeps a model of it in his office downtown. It's so clever and so beautiful, and it needs to be up and running and visible. He makes the argument that it's a a great piece of art and it's a great teaching tool. So it was a wonderful educational tool for students, for example. They would come down, school buses would come down, and the kids 
would get on the carousel and ride, and they would learn about Nashville and Tennessee by riding a carousel. I mean, that's a lot better than being in a classroom. You know, it's really hard to appreciate really what he's saying unless you've seen this thing in in person. And one of the things that's really striking about it is the diversity of the people that are on it. You've got uh, Asian-American minister from Tennessee history. You've got this uh, Jewish rabbi who was the head of the Vine Street Synagogue, and he's got like the little synagogue on his head, you know, to tell you who he is. You've got Captain Tom Ryman. He's also got like the the Ryman Auditorium on his head. I mean, lots of little things like this. It just to be clear, you're talking buildings yeah. morphed into bodies. I mean, this is like yeah. dreamy or like comic book mashups of kind of who they were, but what they sort of stood for. Yeah, Chet Atkins riding on a guitar. So you kind of climb on behind him and there's a couple of Opry comedians who are riding a giant hot dog, all kinds of stuff <laughs> like that. So, I mean, really, it's like- I think I saw one that was uh, like a, a chicken man, banjo chicken man. Maybe I missed seeing- I don't maybe. remember the banjo chicken man, but I'm sure it's there. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever you dreamed up and imagined, it, it came to life. It was put on this carousel for sure. Yeah, so it's got all this wild stuff, memorable people, I guess maybe not even arguably, it is an educational, artistic uh, monument to Tennessee, but it's still not out there, right? So why? Why is this so tough? To get it moving, is it really just those millions of dollars that, that yeah, you mentioned? Money, yeah, definitely money is a big part of it. But also the museum has to figure out where to put it. Um, they want to keep it close to the museum, but there's not really any space on the museum property. And the wrong location is part of the reason why this thing failed the first time. Just downtown on the waterfront near Lower Broadway just wasn't getting the people coming to it that it needed to, to stay afloat. So they're talking about maybe partnering with another institution on an operating agreement. But then that raises questions about you know, how much do you charge to ride the carousel? Is it something that the museum subsidizes or, or what? They're also open to potential sponsorships. Some of the original figures on the carousel, like Captain Tom Ryman, I mentioned earlier, were commissioned by private companies. Okay, so they have ideas, and they're clearly working on it more now. Um, but is there a, a deadline, a timeline, something concrete that we know the carousel is yeah, coming? Yeah, a deadline would focus the mind a lot. So what the museum told me in 2016 was once the new building was open, they would turn to this, and they've pretty much done that. In October last year, they set up this committee, which is made up of members of the museum commission. Yeah, and you're saying this is a carousel committee? A carousel committee that, that's going to answer all the questions that are out there about it. You know, one of the things that's noteworthy about it is that it includes Walter Nestrick, who's like an old boyhood friend of, of Red Grooms, grew up with him in Green Hills and played touch football with him on, in Sevier Park and uh, went to Hillsborough High with him. So he's vows that this is going to happen. And officials at the museum, like the executive director, Ashley Howell, they say that they know that people are interested in this. Just being out in the community, I'll just have people stop me and say, what's going to happen with the carousel? So we, we know the public interest, and we're excited that there's so much public interest. And so we just want to deliver on that promise. I mean, we've received several questions about this thing. I think the state, there's some evidence that they have had people, I don't know, emailing or sending them yeah. some pressure. For instance, uh, Red Grooms was in town back in December for this forum at the State Museum. There was a new exhibit of his art that was there. And the curator of the museum held up a stack of questions and said, you know, half of these questions are about the carousel. So they know that people are interested. They hope that they'll have a business plan together by the summer. And maybe in two years or so, this thing could be up and running again. And they say the figures are still in good shape, which is also some good news. The figures in storage. That's right. You went to see secret undisclosed location. Can't tell you where they are. Uh, Don't don't even try to get me to, Tony. (laughs) I can't tell you. I'm not going to tell you. 
If or when the carousel comes out of secret storage, we'll hold Chaz on the hook to come back and tell us more. In the meantime, you can see a gallery of photos from his visit to the carousel warehouse at curious.wpln.org. This show is a project of Nashville Public Radio. I'm Tony Gonzalez, the executive producer. The editors are Emily Siner and Anita Bug. Audio mastering by Carl Peterson. Website by Mac Linebaugh. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear. Thanks for listening.